I didn't think of it that way, of risking your life going to work. But seeing my colleagues pass away in our own ICU, it's just heartbreaking. Please stick with us for a while and just make our lives a little bit easier and then we can all be together again. Behind every case, there's a story. Protect yourself and each other. Be antiviral. Hear more at antiviralireland.com. Supported by the Government of Ireland. everybody, I'm Chloe Maidley and welcome back to the podcast series three. For those of you that don't know, this is the podcast where I speak to professional athletes, coaches, physique competitors and all experts in the field of health and fitness. I'm really excited that you guys are joining me. So without further ado, here we go. everybody and welcome back to series three of the podcast. We have another return guest to the podcast today and this is someone who I think all women and men for that matter can learn a lot from. Hayley Madigan was once a, a champion bikini competitor and it's fair to say that her aesthetic physique was beyond impressive but both her mental and physical health were far from it. She spent the last few years making a name for herself on social media as the voice of reason to all the women out there who are chasing the quote-unquote perfect body at the expense of their own health and happiness. I am so happy to have you back, Hayley. Welcome. (laughs) I thought you were going to do like a cheer. Whoop, whoop. Hello, my love. Thank you so much for having me back. (laughs) I'm so happy to have you back. And there's so much that we have to talk about to add on to what happened last time. And anyone who heard Hayley on series two of the podcast will know that we both got so overexcited by each other and we drank so much caffeine that it's like a verbal ping pong match and today I promise I'm going to sit back and let Hayley do all the talking. I suppose like just a little bit of background and I, we did talk about this in series two but just to add to everything I just said about Hayley anybody who follows me has been following me for a while will know that I used to go through very frequent cycles of getting like really really lean and then going on holiday and not being so lean and round and round and round I went for like really about six or seven years and obviously got to the point where I was sick of it I was just so sick of it and I um I found Hayley and everything she said it was like I'd written it myself and I was like uh, I need to know this girl and I sent her a message I think I was in Fiji and I sent her a, yeah. a voice note at a wedding yeah and I sent her a voice note I was like so I just found your page and you're you've saved me without even knowing it and I don't mean to sound self-important but obviously I'm I have a big following. I'm an active coach. So for me to say that to somebody, it's actually quite meaningful. And um, yeah, Hayley, why don't you just kind of give everybody a bit of a history on you and what you've been through with your body? Yeah, of course. So, I mean, I think it's hard to kind of not go into too much detail when I'm like, okay, this happened, this happened, this happened. I'm like, holy crap, like my body's changed so much in my mind, but it physically, it's not really changed that much in terms of like weight or aesthetics because people look at me now and they're like, what are you moaning about? Like, or if I, if I, if I had a fat day, you know, a couple of years ago, people are like, are you actually insane? Um, but that was because my mind, my mindset was in a really bad place. So five years ago, I started competing and I competed for three years Um, I did really well. And that's what led me to competing, you know, for a long period of time. It led me to extreme eating, kind of disordered eating, extreme body dysmorphia, extreme pretty much um, bad relationship with my mind, with my body, with exercise, with food, you know, the list goes on and on. And 
I was sat down a couple of days ago and I just thought, you know what? I have no relationship with no bad relationship with food anymore. I have no kind of um, emotion to food. I have no emotion attached to food because we shouldn't. We just eat, you know, eat food to be surviving for fuel for enjoyment as well but I have no relationship to food to hold me down anymore and it just kind of was like an epiphany moment where I was like ah this is how it's meant to be this is what I was like when I was a child when I was like a teenager before I started tracking calories before I started having a stupid amount of hold on me like I was tracking to the point where it was insane you know like lettuce leaves who the hell tracks lettuce leaves (laughs) it's like Like, five calories in a giant bucket of lettuce yeah (laughs) yeah and all of them get burned digesting said lettuce absolutely pointless like celery right so it was it was so traumatic for me to come out of competing and come back into the real world with all of this restriction I was like oh I don't know how to live a normal life I don't know how to be I don't know how to train just for enjoyment and it was a long slow recovery over like two years and I mean lockdown has probably helped me more so than ever because I'm in even a better place than I was this time last year when we were recording and it's incredible to see that over a situation where you are put in your house with the whole the rest of the world in their house locked down and I didn't have any bad connotation to not being able to go to the gym. I didn't have any bad negative thoughts about not being able to move as much or you can only go for one walk. Years ago, I would have been like, oh my goodness, I can't, I can't cope. Like stress <laughs> to high heaven, right? Same. And it would have been so much anxiety that I would have probably binged because I wouldn't have been able to restrict or what was the control point? everything. Yeah. What's the point? And then I would have binged and then hated myself and it'd be a whole restriction binge circle. And it was just, yeah, it would have been horrendous. But now I'm in that position where I can be like, oh, this is what it's like to be normal again, shall we say. Normal in the fitness industry. And it's just, a, <laughs> I don't know if there is a typical normal Does that exist? industry. I don't know if that exists, but it's almost like, okay, relationships sorted with food with exercise with enjoyment with also having recovery having rest days like amazing I haven't trained for a couple of days and and it's not like I'm stressing the fact out it's come to the point where it's improved so much that actually my body probably looks better for it yeah my mind is 10 times better for it and my relationships are 10 times better for it and you know like yourself it's When you go from over-restricting and then you go on holiday and then you want to enjoy yourself on holiday and then you're like, oh no, but my body's changing because obviously it will. And then you feel bad and like, no, you've got to enjoy those moments. You've got to enjoy those times with your friends, your family, your husband, your wife. And once you get out of that and you understand that mindset, actually, I'm a much healthier, happier person with a little bit more weight on me or with a little bit of, you know, extra body fat, that's lovely thing to enjoy and understand that we don't need to be absolutely shredded all the damn time especially in the winter because it's freezing yeah, I want a yeah. little bit of extra body fat <laughs> yeah a hundred percent you know it's I feel like Haley and I are people who are of a type that maybe we had to go to the extremes before we realized how important quote-unquote balance is and I just want to intercept that sentence here and say that 
balance looks different for everybody. It's not one hard, hard and fast rule for every single human being. We're all different. But Haley and I are of a type where I think we really had to go that far and really chase that physique and, and really kind of enter that shame cycle and that binge restrict cycle with training and food and kind of punishment. And I don't think it started, it definitely didn't start for me like that. It started when I started getting into this is very much loving training. And then I was curious to see if I changed my diet, would my body change as well? That was how it started. And what ended up happening was then obviously I, start, I, got, I got qualified and I got a career and it, it became about photo shoots, which meant it became about how I looked and and you get into a cycle. Um, but it's very interesting that now I wonder if because of accounts like yours, if not solely yours, you've maybe stopped someone who is of that type as well going that extreme that quickly. And one of the questions that I have for you here is your following has grown astronomically in the last few years. I mean, how many followers do you have now? So I have 425,000 today from that's, today. <laughs> that's a feat. Like that is not easy to I do. And crazy. That's nothing but impressive as fuck. Like congratulations, Haley, because that's Thank like a you, testament. Babe. It's a testament to the message you're putting out there and how powerful it is. Um, so what I wanted to ask you is, given that the size of your following, what is the most common kind of question or comment or conversation that you are getting from your female following? So typically now, because I've kind of entered the body confidence world, shall we say, the body confidence, the empowering women, the feminist, the female empowerment world of um, just just lifting one another up and lifting each other up in terms of showing women that it's, you don't have to look like this. You don't have to look like this person on this front cover of magazine or this person on the telly. I think the most common question is how do I accept weight gain or how do I accept my body in different lights? Um, because I post a lot of pictures that are here. Okay, this is posed. My body can look like this, but this is me unposed and this is me just sat down, lazy, you know, how I look majority of the time, 99% of the time. And people, I mean, one went viral a couple of weeks ago um, and it was ridiculous. The amount of comments I got from men, which were horrible, like vile comments. Every single female was amazed. Like, they were so lovely. They were so, so happy to be able to see an account, show, embrace cellulite, talk about stretch marks, but also understand that, yeah, I am small still. I'm still very tiny and I still can look, you know, good. Like every single woman looks good, but it's all about the confidence that we show with having cellulite and stretch marks and different parts of our body that don't necessarily look amazing when we're, you know, posed or not posed. And women out there started to realize that actually, you know, I I train, but I don't have to train to the point where I need to get rid of every single little bit of cellulite because that's never going to happen. Never. I mean, I had cellulite on stage. Like that's normal because we need it. We it's actually never going to happen. It. Never mm. going to happen. And once you accept that, you realize Oh, all of that pressure I was putting on myself every single day, looking in the mirror, jumping on the scales. Why? From a young age, I was pushed into weight training because I used to watch my dad weight train in the front room at 14. I used yes. to be like, can I copy? And he'd teach me a bit of shoulder press, a bit of triceps, a bit of lap pull down. I loved it because I wanted yeah. to grow strong and I wanted to copy him. And it's what you're brought up with, isn't it? And what you're surrounded by. And for me, that was to be able to be strong was to be able to be strong on the inside as well. And it allowed me to grow into a more of a stronger, confident character. And I so I kind of realized that actually there's so many women that aren't confident that deserve to be confident. 
Yeah. And confidence is such a, an important thing for every aspect of our life. And to be able to give someone that confidence through just even one picture on Instagram, it's just so much joy, you know, to be able to do that. And I'll happily do that and get a tiny little bit of hate um, just to make sure that I'm like, you know, giving everyone as much love as possible. You're always well, going to get a little bit of hate, you know. Hey, you are you are talking to somebody who's been dealing with it since they were but a child. So oh, um bless, yeah. I will tell you right now, it never goes away and you're never you are gonna waste your life trying to beat the people who are hating on you. But I actually just wanted to speak to the audience really quickly and people who know who've been listening to the podcast, you know, since series one will know that every now and again I'll intercept and be like, guys, this is a really good takeaway that this person is saying for you. What's really interesting and what I think the vast majority of the general population don't understand is when you see somebody on stage or in a photograph especially a woman it can be different for men and it often is different for men if they are tiny shredded no body fat you can see every vein and every muscle in them and you can't see body fat there is one situation and one situation only where that is healthy and that is if that person genetically looks like that so there's somebody in the public eye right now who's on a reality tv show and she's she's tiny and she's shredded and i knew this girl long before she ever ever picked up a weight or, or didn't eat chocolate and spaghetti bolognese for dinner she's always been tiny she's always been shredded it is her genetic makeup and she is a very teeny tiny percentage of the female population she's a law unto herself but now she's you know talking about health and fitness and i know that she's healthy because she just she just has always had that look however for every other woman that you see looks like that you might look at them and think, wow, she's the poster girl for health and fitness. No, she is not. She is not nutritionally healthy. She is not hormonally healthy. She's not mentally healthy. She's not socially healthy. I guarantee you right now she's in hell. Haley, what, can you talk about the turning point where you were like, fuck, this isn't good. I need to not do this anymore. Yeah, so I think it came up to the third year of competing. I hadn't had a period for three years. So cool. yeah, great. I saved loads of money on tampons. It was delightful uh, but I was a moody bitch and I hated my life and I was all, all like just just hangry moody hungry and just yeah everything you were on was a permanent alive. period I was yes, having a period. Had no period but I was on a permanent period for the irony no one wanted to get near me but I would put on a fake you know like I'm fine I'm happy I'm like and I've got all this energy but I don't actually have any energy and I went on um, through a bad breakup and during that time I realized that actually maybe it is my competing, maybe it's my lifestyle, like I'm losing my personality, I'm losing who I am. And mm -hmm. I realized that, do you know what, this, I, this control that exercise and food has over me is purely dictated by how I look. And if I just take away the fixation that I have about having abs all the time and <laughs> wanting to be shredded, then what do I have? Like I need to, I wasn't training for enjoyment. I wasn't training because I enjoyed it. I, I literally was training just because I wanted to burn calories. And I was going on the Stairmaster for 90 minutes in the morning before I'd go to work as a full-time PE teacher in a secondary school of children that were a little bit crazy. Then went back to do my actual weights, my actual training. That wasn't actual training. That was just cardio, fasted, which made no, cool. no, no difference, obviously. How many <laughs> calories were you on when you were in the thick of your uh, prep? 800. 800 calories. Guys, everybody think about that for a minute. That level of activity on 800 calories. One of those sessions or even just her day. I mean, even just, no, sorry. Let's just, even just lying down. Yeah, just lying down. Like literally. Just lying down. 
blinking. <laughs> my heart needed more. Just and I and I look back now and I think the stress, the stress I put on my body, the stress I put on my heart. I was always ill. My immune system was wrecked. My hormonal profile was wrecked. I was just completely and utterly I didn't realize how ill I was just not even just physically but mentally I I took a step back because my parents I mean they're incredible I love them to pieces but they didn't realize what I was doing because they thought it was okay because that's what I wanted to do that's what I wanted to achieve and And it's extreme competing is extreme like I was just talking to Emma Story Gordon about this like whether you're a bodybuilder or if you're a professional athlete that's getting accolades for being again the poster child for health and fitness if you're that extreme, whether it's performance or physique, you're not healthy. Yeah, people on magazines, women on magazines, absolutely shredded. And I look at them now on fitness magazines, I think that's not what you should be promoting. That's not, I look at any ab images of, of women that are absolutely shredded on media, on advertisements. And I think, please stop pushing that in women's faces because I immediately go that and I look back and I revert and I go, no period, probably can't have children. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. You're advertising health and fitness in a way that actually is extremely unhealthy for women's bone mineral density, women's Mm. brains, women just in general. And it's okay if you want to promote men. It's slightly different, you know. Men can have abs and be majority healthy. But again, that's still unachievable for a lot of men. Today's podcast is brought to you by Athletic Greens, a comprehensive daily nutritional beverage. With so many stresses in life, it can be really difficult to get in enough fruit and veg, aka your micronutrients, that your body really needs. This is where Athletic Greens can come in and help. Their daily all-in-one greens powder is simply added to your day-to-day life with zero fuss. Just one scoop of Athletic Greens contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food-sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, a multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more, all working together to fill in any nutritional gaps that might be in your diet. It can increase energy, focus, increase digestion, and will support a healthy immune system without the need for you to take multiple supplements or worry too much. Athletic Greens is one formula based on the latest research, investing in absorbable and natural sources of each ingredient and going above and beyond in third-party testing to ensure that their customers receive a high-quality supplement. It is paleo, it's vegan, it's dairy-free and gluten-free, and it contains less than one gram of sugar. And right now, Athletic Greens will support your immune system during the winter months by offering my audience a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit my link today. You'll basically never have to buy vitamin D again. So whether you're looking for performance or health, just cover your bases with Athletic Greens and it will help you achieve it. Simply visit athleticgreens.com forward slash podcast and join health experts, athletes and people around the world who want to make a daily commitment to their health. Again, you simply visit athleticgreens.com forward slash podcast and get your free year supply of vitamin d and five free travel packs today i've been like 12 13 body fat on numerous occasions i've been shredded veins on my lower abdomen veins in my biceps even in my shoulders <laughs> shredded i've never not had cellulite 
So, and I know that you post about this and talk about this. Do you just want to talk about cellulite for a minute? (laughs) Yeah, bloody love talking about it. Get the cellulite out, girl. Basically. (laughs) So I was reading, um, must have been a few, quite a few years ago, four four years ago, um, a book by Lara McDonald. It's like a hormonal profile of women's health book of scientific scientific knowledge, shall we say. And it it talks about how the lower matrix, um, the skin matrix of the body of a female um, will be different in appearance to males because of estrogen. Yes. And our bodies have estrogen, obviously, to is our sexual hormone along with progesterone. And it's important for women to have lower body fat because that's where we store our majority of fat in order to kind of procreate. Basically, we need a certain level of body fat in order for our hormones to be working and then to in order to conceive. And then if in times of trouble we ever needed, we couldn't get food and we were pregnant, for that baby to survive, they would technically live off your cellulite. So they would survive on your cellulite. So it's a fat store that is there and that is easy to store for our body. So if we have, you know, to go over a slightly bit of calories, like our body will hold that fat there in our lower body, in our bum, in our legs as cellulite and the appearance of cellulite due to estrogen levels. And I mean, that is sometimes hereditary. Um, It's genetic and it's also predisposed by your estrogen levels and Mm -hmm. obviously by your diet and movement, et cetera. So you can, by all means, train and train and train, diet and diet and diet. And you'll still have some if you are predisposed genetically to have it. And that's absolutely okay. We're the same. We have that. And yet there's some, you know, probably edited images online as to, here, try this anti-cellulite leggings or anti-cellulite workout. And you're like, you can't get an anti-cellulite workout. This is impossible. Just to speak on what Haley is saying, guys, it is very genetic. If you're a woman, it is highly unlikely, although not impossible, but highly unlikely that you're not going to have any cellulite. It will increase as you get older. It will increase with any hormonal changes. That also includes pregnancy. Um, and you, it's one of those things that you have to accept. The one interesting fact that I didn't know, which I found out, which was fascinating, the reason that women have cellulite and men don't is because the connective tissues between skin and muscle for women or skeletal muscle for women are um, vertical like this. So when you get body fat kind of sandwiched in between these two things, you can see it pushing against the skin. But for men, fucking men, (laughs) for (laughs) men, the connective tissue between skeletal muscle and uh, skin is crisscrossed. So everything's really nicely protected and compacted in these little areas that you don't see. And I was like, Great. So all it would have taken is for them to have a different connected tissue and they would be getting shit for their cellulite. I would have it too. Bastards. We get so upset or so outraged by the cellulite not not disappearing or not going and we work so hard every single day. We've been really good on our diet and yet we then push ourselves to the limit because it's still there because it's meant to be there. A hundred percent. Yeah. Once we realize that, it's almost accepting, understanding, but then not letting that hold us back. But, you know, having a better goal, having a, a different goal, having a, a reason to train because we want to and not because we need to change our body. And that's just a byproduct of being healthier, being stronger, being fitter is a byproduct. It shouldn't be your first goal. It should just be, you know, alongside of achieving just a healthy lifestyle. And mindset needs to be just as important. And then when I was competing, mindset was never there. 
Yeah, because I, at any moment of the day that I didn't have to be awake, I was fast asleep. Like, you know, like nobody talks about that. Like, I think of the times that I got really, really lean. I can remember it, like, lying on my now husband, just sleeping in the middle of the day because I was just fucked. And it's so funny because yeah. you think that, like, you're mentally really strong because you're yeah. basically enduring your own self-torture when actually you're mentally really weak because you think you should be enduring your own self-torture. Just while we're on this, ladies, the thigh gap, which was quite a new thing that started happening a few years ago that women started obsessing over. If you do not have the bone structure on your hips to have a thigh gap, like models tend to have, you're not going to achieve one by dieting, okay? In the context of everything that we're speaking about, and now merging that with the fact that you are a coach too, and you have clients too, I'm fucking fascinated to know how you straddle the line between the client wanting aesthetic results, which is, you know, for some people, I'm sure why they're coming to you and why they're paying you. And then you, from a personal and professional, moral and ethical standpoint, keeping an eye on this client and actually telling them when you think that's it, that's enough, or mentally they're going too far. How do you do this? Like, I'm so interested in this. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, uh, as you can see, I don't post much about clients' transformations in terms of, I won't ever post uh, transformation pictures um, because I know that a lot of people that follow me, it wouldn't be good for their mindset and that's absolutely fine. But I talk about, you know, understanding that the coaching with me, either one-to-one or group, you're going to work on your mindset as well as your body just as much. And it's important to know that, yeah, you can have fat loss goals. That's absolutely fine. Um, It's not a bad thing to have a fat loss goal, but I want you to have a fat loss goal whilst understanding that it needs to be a sustainable goal. It needs to be a goal that is going to be over a period of time. I don't want you to lose X dimensional amount of weight in four weeks. That's not going to happen because I don't want it to. And we need to realize that we set achievable goals and that it's an understanding that I won't make them train more than what fits in their lifestyle whilst understanding that their health, their mindset, their their working life, their relationships with their husbands or wives needs to be just as important as training. And it's Mm. almost like understanding that you don't need to train on those days when you feel like utter shit. They can message me and ask me, should I train? I'm going to be like, no. I mean, I had a a client yesterday. She said, um, well, I I had a half a tub of Halo ice cream. And I said, why do you have only half a tub? Why do you not eat the whole thing? She was it's like, like 300 what? calories. I was like, it's, it's like 300 calories and there's it's 20 grams of protein in it. It's like a protein shake. I was like, eat the whole goddamn, eat the whole tub. You she eat like, the tub. Oh, <laughs> eat the whole, eat two. And she was like, oh my goodness, I'm sorry. I've never had a coach to tell me eat the whole tub of ice cream. I was like, girl, you eat the whole tub, please. I want you to. But it was also understanding that you can have freedom of food. You can have enjoyment. And I mean, I, a lot of women come to me that aren't overly, um, they don't have much body fat to lose. And it's almost understanding that they think their goal is body fat loss, but actually their goal is muscle gain and their, bo- their goal is it's completely different to, to what they think because if they put muscle on, they look leaner. And this is the thing, right? So if, if I, I, you know, I look at when I looked, and again, this is so... This is so, this is perception. But when to me, I looked the best, I was at my most unhealthy. And and it's like, actually, I'm much fitter, stronger, healthier, happier, hormonally better now than I ever was then. And guess what that means? That means body fat gain. Because exactly what Haley said a few points ago, 
your hormonal makeup as a woman specifically, but as a man as well, but really as a woman to another degree, and your body fat, these things are completely intrinsically linked. Like, I mean, you're talking everything from your leptin levels to your estrogen levels. I mean, absolutely everything. And it is important that women understand that if you are overweight and you're unhealthy and you need to lose some body fat, fine. But there is such a thing as going full circle the other way and, and becoming equally, if not more unhealthy, like put going too far. And that is where good coaches come in. And, you know, Emma and I, we, we do put up before and afters. We know that for some of our clients, it's hugely motivating. Yeah. However, we also know for many of our clients, it's hugely, it's comparison is the thief of joy. And they throw in the towel and they freak out and they hate themselves and they have a shame spi- spiral, uh, you know, come into existence. So what we try and do is we try and balance it out with verbal written testimonials about how good people feel about their body, how strong they feel, how much, how nice it is that now they sit down and have dinner with the family every night. Like these things are like, yeah, progress is different for everybody and everybody is different. And, and, and I think that's part of being a good coach. And I love that Haley. I love that. Yeah. Oh, bless you. Just having compassion and empathy for your clients, just understanding that, I'm not going to say, oh, why didn't you get that workout in? Or why, how dare you come back from a night shift and not train? Oh, I mean, <laughs> I can't think of anything. I will not train Can after lunchtime. It's oh. not happening. <laughs> it's not happening. But don't feel guilty about that because you can train whenever you want. You can train yeah. whenever you want. And as long as you don't put a hold over the fact that, oh, it was Monday. I, I planned this workout today but I didn't do it and I feel horrendous about it. And that means I'm going to work out every single day for the next two weeks because I missed a Monday. Why? Why are you doing that to yourself? You don't need to just, just train tomorrow. (laughs) It's not that hard. (laughs) Like just, it's really, (laughs) it's really interesting that you can do it intuitively. Um, and that's, and, and that's, yeah, for some people that's fantastic for me, honestly, like I basically give myself like, I will let myself have two, three, four days of training. And then I'll be like, okay, I do want to actually train this week. So then I'm going to do a session. Um, and, and also, you know, it depends on like goals. You know, if you do have real hypertrophy goals, obviously you need to be training like pretty much. I mean, I would say at least, at least mm, four days a week, I would say. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, isn't it funny when you look back to how much like, I used to train every day Still of day. the week? And yeah. I'm like, how did I think that even physically that would look good? Even aesthetically, like that that's not going to make me look any the better. Full pump all the time, just continuous chasing pump. You and me have both had similar experiences with some other coaches online. And I find it really interesting that this seems to always happen specifically with male coaches. And I am not, guys, I'm really not sexist at all, but it is an interesting thing where a lot of people I know who've had issues online with other coaches, these coaches have been quite dogmatic men and I was wondering if from your opinion do you think that the male and female coaching style is different and if so how so so I look back and I think the amount of coaches that I just shake my head to and just would block instantly because I just can't cope with the fact that they push women to the extremes they glorify you know weight loss to the point where you're absolutely ripped and I know we know deep down that's unhealthy you've just given your client a goal that's really unachievable really unsustainable and I hate that style of coaching because a lot of men and I'm not being sexist, but a lot of men <laughs> don't understand <laughs> that women need body fat because they're not educated in it. And a lot of coaches, you do your level three PT, you're a coach, 
done. You've not learned anything about hormones. Women. You've not learned anything about females, how they train, how we need to train, how we can train. I mean, we, we train, we should train slightly differently to men. The majority can be very similar, but we there is a point where actually, if you know your menstrual cycle affects your training, and if you know that you're going to be really weak during your period, or if you know that you're going to be really like lacking in energy the week before your period, and your trainer is giving you box jumps, burpees, dumbbell thrusters, and a hit variation, and you end up falling because you're lacking in con- concentration, you've got no coordination during that week, and you know that that affects your ability to train, you're not going to turn up for a training session because that's going to affect your ability of wanting and your motivation to train. And then that PT, for example, probably think, oh, she's just being lazy. Well, actually, if you had a PT that understood your cycle and you said, I'm due on, I feel like utter crap, that good PT would have compassion and say, why don't you just go for a long walk today? Why don't you just yes. put a podcast on? Yeah, why put do a podcast PTs on. do that? Just I go know. for a walk. I love oh, I love saying that to my clients on a weekend. Me too. Like, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just wonderful because one, it's probably going to burn the same amount of calories anyway. More. (laughs) It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be much healthier for your mind and body. And because you're a female and you might feel like I had to crap that day or even the menopause, these women that are going through the menopause right now, I mean, we've all got to do it. And yet the menopause is very hard for women to go through. And you've got, you've got, you've got coaches out there saying, you must do this. You must do this training. You've got to run 10 miles tonight. I'm sorry. I've just, I've gone through a lot of hormonal issues. And actually, if I do some strength training for 30 minutes today, that would be highly more beneficial for me, for my body, for my bones, because I've got no estrogen left for my heart than running 10 miles and obliterating my bones. I do find it so interesting. You know, there is, I recently saw a video on Instagram, like, look guys, I'll be the first to say, if you have hormonal issues, that is not a roadblock for you getting results at all. It's a hurdle. And it's a hurdle that you're likely going to need help from your doctors and your coaches to help you get over. But it's very get overable. It's not like, oh, well, you're fucked. Bye. You can still do it. And recently, I saw a male PT um, on Instagram having a bit of a soapbox moment about how, you know, if you have hormonal issues, you know, stop moaning, stop complaining. It doesn't just work harder. yeah, insulin resistance like doesn't really get in the way. Like, look, obviously, there's too many people out there being like, "Oh, I've got insulin resistance, so I can't get in shape." No, you can, and that I agree with. But it was very much a case of like, I don't give a shit. I don't want to hear it. You fucking get in the gym and you get in shape. And I was like, "Well, wait, 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 wait. Hang on. Your what should happen is your client should say, "I've got, I've got PCOS, therefore I've, I, I've got really bad insulin resistance." And the coach goes okay, let me explain what that means to you and how we're going to get around this and how we're going to work through it. And maybe you need to speak to a doctor about pretend, like maybe you need to get your blood done. Like we need to figure this out together. A bad coach is going to be like, it's not a fucking calorie. Get in the fucking gym. It's like, what are you talking about? Like who coaches that? about a calorie deficit. You know that. And the worst thing is, this coach is considered to be one of the best. And I was like, wow, we're fucked already. And (laughs) I do think it is a, it's a male, female. Not well, get off. (laughs) Oh, Yeah. (laughs) love that but it is so interesting that it is like a very male female approach to coaching and 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 Haley's completely right I didn't think of it that way of risking your life going to work but seeing my colleagues pass away in our own ICU it's just heartbreaking please stick with us for a while and just make our lives a little bit easier and then we can all be together again 
Behind every case, there's a story. Protect yourself and each other. Be antiviral. Hear more at antiviralireland.com. Supported by the Government of Ireland. Acast recommends podcasts we love. I'm Sam Bungie, one of the hosts of West Cork, a story about a community on the far south coast of Ireland that became a kind of paradise for people looking for a fresh start. And nobody knew their past. You could be who you wanted to be rather than who you really were. Then one newcomer was murdered and another was suspected of doing it. I see him in the market and really he's always trying to be normal and trying to get people to like him. But we all know, don't we? Listen to West Cork now on Acast. Acast powers the world's best podcasts, including the Irish History Podcast, The Two Johnnies and the one you're listening to right now. Picking a good coach is, is is very much on you and it's your responsibility to figure who out who that coach might be. And we all have Instagram profiles. You can figure it out easily. We all do podcasts. We all do lives. Just pick the person that suits you and what you want to do. And, it, and then it's the coach's job to take your money and take your body and fucking serve you well. Look, I'm going to say something now and I'm sure it's going to piss a lot of men and women off. But I'm of the opinion that if you're a woman you should probably go with a female coach. Just like if you're a competitor, I would go for a coach that has competed before. And by the way, I'm not the latter. So if you're thinking of me, please don't come to me. But experience here is pretty pretty necessary when it comes to changing your body. Yeah, definitely. I would I would 100% agree. And and even as a male, if a male came to me, I'd be like, do you know what? I can get your results, but I don't understand why you would really want to go with me at the moment. I feel like there are males out there that have brilliant empathy for other males that understand men's training probably slightly better. And that's okay. I've trained men in the past, but for me, I want to just train women because I can relate. I'm a woman. I've trained women for 10 years. I understand us. I understand our hormones. And it's all about actually thinking, do you want a trainer just because you fancy them? Or do you want a trainer because of what they actually We've do all done that. in terms of the results? Yeah, you know, we might have done that in the past. You're like 18, you're like, oh, my trainer's are really hot. <laughs> I'd fuck you, please coach me. <laughs> I, want extra, I, want extra, <laughs> I want extra sessions this week, please. Do you know what? Like, as a female, I, I would want to go with a female because they can relate to me on, in, in more compassion and understand that I wouldn't feel bad for saying oh hey I'm on my period today I don't want to train like saying that to a guy I mean you know it's fine with 2020 it's not taboo but for a lot of women that would be really hard to say to a guy yes. I mean I don't know some guys might be going oh my god my god she's talking about a period like uh like yeah seriously chill out our periods uh, created life you know just saying <laughs> we're procreators of life so we win but <laughs> and we live longer. Yes. Fuck you. Fuck you. Estrogen is the best. <laughs> I I love everything you've just said. And I'm aware that we only have a really short period of time left. And I don't want to dump a huge topic on you. Um, so I'm just going to say the words. Talk about the menstrual cycle and the effect that it can have on your behavior as a woman in terms of training and, and kind of appetite. And as much of a kind of, obviously, look, this is something that Haley could spend a whole hour talking about. So I'll just give that to you now. 
Good luck. <laughs> okay, great. Well, it's like it's like countdown. So, <laughs> woo! The first two weeks of a, of a menstrual cycle. So you've got week one, you've got week one, week two, and then you've got week three, week four. It's a typical twenty eight days for a typical woman. Okay, it might be shorter, might be longer. Twenty three to thirty five days is considered normal, um, and this is for women that are not on hormonal contraception. Now, the first two weeks is your follicular phase, which is the happy phase. We love everything. We're wonderful people. Our brain works. We want to talk. We're sociable. We want to go out. We want to do everything. We want to train. We're really lovely people. And then week three and week four happen and it is the luteal phase and progesterone just comes on in and fuck shit up basically. And you're like, I hate my life. I want to be just inside all of the time, especially at winter when we don't have any vitamin D. So that's great because there's no yeah. sunshine in the UK. And we get a nice little spike of testosterone just slightly after ovulation, which is between week two and week three. We get a nice little spike. We're like, this is when we can really, really train heavy. And this yeah. is probably the time that you're going to get- your And enjoy TV. it. And you can enjoy it. And you'll be like, damn, I was so strong. But <laughs> in a couple of days, you're going to do the exact same thing. And you're going to be like, oh my God, I lost, you know, 20 kilos on my deadlift. What, what happened? What's gone wrong? What happened to me? It has nothing <laughs> to do with your strength. It is all to do with progesterone and estrogen dropping. And progesterone mm. goes up and usually you kind of, not happens, doesn't happen to everyone. You might not even realize that your energy levels have slipped but everything's harder. Your pain threshold is lower. So you're thinking, why Why today is everything so much in an effort? I'm walking up these stairs. I mean, there's four stairs in this house. I'm knackered by the time I get to the top. <laughs> I'm like out of breath. But on a day like week four, I'd be like, oh, I need a break. I just can't do it. And, and that happens in training. And you're like, why? What's wrong with me? And, and then you overthink things and you then yeah. that could cause you to binge because you're not you're not seeing progress, but actually that's just week four. And then you get this increase of water retention. So your genes don't fit and you're like, great. I've got fat. I'm, I'm upset. I'm moody. I just want all the cake. And you're like, I can't train. To me? And you're like, don't worry. It's literally just week four. You're okay. You will get over it. And that's where a coach will go have a couple more rest days this week. Yes. Like, it's okay. Go for a lovely little long walk. I'm happy for you not to train. Please just have some more rest days because that is so vital. And that will stop yep. you from punishing yourself. It will stop you from starting a workout that you probably won't finish because you're not in the mood to. And then if you don't finish a workout, you'll probably be really pissed off and you'll end up binging. And once our period arrives and we come back to the week one, I mean, Everyone's slightly different on a period. Some people get cramps. Obviously, some people get, you know, a lot of cramps. And it's, it's important to uh, take a few days off if you have a heavy bleed and a heavy yeah. period. And to understand that actually our minds are quite creative during this time. Yeah. And you might be a little bit more creative with your work. You might not want to be, I mean, I'm quite, what my day am I on? I think I'm day four. So I'm getting a little bit more brain power at the moment. I'm like, oh, okay. Estrogen's starting to come back. I can talk. And so I can talk today. The irony of this, I literally came on five minutes before I sat down to speak to you. And now this <laughs> is happening. I'm like, this is fantastic. But anyway, carry on. Yeah, the irony. It's like almost your body knows. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then and then ovulation happens again. Again, we're creative and we're we're nice people. We want to talk. We want to explore. And I'm, I'm so much more sociable during that time. I will happily ring my friend for like hours and hours. And I want to talk to people. And you'll find yeah. that. This affects your working life. This affects your relationships with people. You'll find that 
you might want to plan sociable events around your cycle if it really affects you. And that's absolutely okay to plan it around. But also that week four that you might not like people or like like life, (laughs) you might not want to plan anything around it because you might think, actually, it's okay to say no. And that's where you need to realize that, I mean, there's a lot of women that have PMDD, uh, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, and that is extreme PMS, like extreme PMS. And I've talked about it a little bit. This is really important. If anybody who's listening, and this actually applies to menopausal women as well. If you are really struggling beyond what we would call quote unquote normal with how you feel uh, mentally or physically around cycles or hormones. You do not have to suffer for the rest of your life. Go to the doctor, go ask questions, ask what you can do. There is a lot that you can do, whether this is HRT, uh, if you're perimenopausal, I promise you there are options. So don't suffer for the rest of your life. Sorry, Haley, carry on. No, that's absolutely fine. It's it's good because a lot of women will have um, PMDD without realizing, and it Mm -hmm. can cause a lot of depression. And Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're sitting down, you're staying in bed for days and days upon days on week four, that's not normal. 3% of women with PMDD will feel suicidal for over a week, a month. And feeling suicidal just because of your hormones, that's not a good thing, obviously. So that's something that there's, I mean, there's Vitex, which is um, Chaseberry, which is natural supplement, and that can really help and that can really support because it increases progesterone naturally. And there's a lot of supplements out there and do research, reach out, vitamin D, blah, blah obsessed with vitamin D that's why oh, I feel God, like yeah. we Everyone. go on a holiday three supplements that I, I say to my clients like if I were you all of you should be on this one is vitamin D uh one is fish oils and uh one is magnesium and I'm like I don't care what your goals are don't care who you are get them in get it <laughs> take it um I just wanted to say that again to intercept here to anybody listening if you you know if you can't afford coaching and you know you're interested in in how you know myself or Haley or a lot of the good coaches I know would coach somebody through a period in terms of behavior uh for me usually I will just advise my clients to take a deload week um when they're feeling at their absolute physical mental worst take a deload week what that means is either reduced training days or reduced time spent or reduced reduced sets and reps whatever it is or just a full week off just and as Haley said go for long walks outside that's likely a it's going to burn more calories B, it's going to be better for your mental health. C, you're more likely to get that vitamin D in. Um, it's, it's a much better option. And I also advise them to bring calories back up to maintenance. So say if they're in a yes. fat loss phase, let's say they're on like, I don't know, 1500 calories. I'll pull them up to like 1800 or even up to 1000 just to give them a little bit more ease. And that basically means that they don't have any quote unquote guilt, that they're getting a bit of respite. And it is very important. And again, this is what makes a good coach is somebody who can coach you through that. I had this lady reach out to me one day and she's said, Hayley, I lose 14 pounds during my follicular phase. And then I put the whole 14 pounds back on in my luteal phase. Wow, that's extreme. Both so extreme that so you, extreme. she couldn't fight the hunger. And I completely understand that. You know, when you get that surge of hunger and you're just like, yeah. everything just, just, I don't care. Nothing's going to fill me up because her satiety levels were so low. She yeah. probably wasn't eating enough protein anyway. She probably wasn't exactly. eating enough fruit and veg, but she was probably restricting so much in the first two weeks she just put it all back on the second two weeks because she couldn't, you know, she couldn't, her satiety levels were so low because of progesterone. And there are things that, again, if you have an informed coach, 
you are going to find that you can go easier on yourself and you don't have to beat yourself up about it and you can still get amazing results. But I would advise like, don't weigh in if you're on your period because those scales are going to be crazy. Um, So right, Hayley, I'm going to um just give you the floor. Just feel free to promote anything that you're promoting right now. Feel free to leave women, men, anyone, everyone with anything that you want to leave them with. And then we'll we'll call it, babes. <laughs> so um it's crazy isn't it I just think like this year has been um quite an exponential year for every single person in the whole entire world and over this time I've realized that social media and being able to reach out to people um like yourself and have good relationships with friends with um people in the fitness industry and making sure that we are remembering that our mindset is so important. Our mental health is so important. And that if you right now out there listening to this, you're not giving yourself enough time to work on your mental health, to work on your mindset, and you're not giving yourself time to have relationships with your family that are so vital and so important that please just take a step back and realize this is your time to appreciate and be grateful for what you have in your life and that if you are fighting yourself trying to lose weight and trying to lose fat that you're not appreciating the value of life and appreciating the value of days that take a step back and reevaluate what you want and your goals and uh yeah so and if you want to reach out to me for coaching that's on my instagram page and i I am starting a platform soon so a new platform that will be happening in 2021 I have a big platform of women that don't necessarily train and they might train, but they, you know, it's not their life and I, it's not my life anymore. And I want it to be more like understanding that mental health can be just as trainable yeah, <laughs> as, yeah. as physical trains or physical gains. And the yeah. mindset is so vital right now and um, more so than ever. And yeah, so I'm working on that in 2021, soon to come. Um, <laughs> I just think, Enough yeah, that. and it's just important to, to you know, surround yourself with positive people like yourself, yes. like Emma, like everyone that is incredible, have them around you, talk to them as much as possible. Hayley, thank you so, 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 so much for coming on and speaking to me today about all of this. I know that my audience loved you on series two. I think you were their favorite guest. Um, And I'm just so happy that you've come back on. And I'm so happy just to see somebody who's actually saying something good and important, actually having huge success because normally those two things aren't correlated. I mean, everybody I'm sure who follows me already follows you, but it's Hayley Madigan Fitness on Instagram. Go give the girl a follow. And um, I love you, babe, and I'll see you soon. Love you too. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. That does it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please remember to hit that subscribe button or that follow link so that you can be notified as soon as new episodes are released. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Chloe for more health and fitness posts. I've been in hospital three separate times. One was the big three-week stay in the coma. Number two was the nerve damage diagnosis. Number three was a surprise attack out of nowhere and I couldn't breathe properly. You know, perfectly healthy 17-year-old, no underlying conditions. It's crazy. Behind every case, there's a story. Protect yourself and each other. Be antiviral. Hear more at antiviralireland.com. Supported by the Government of Ireland. Podcast Network.